Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. The following podcast is taken from the Annual Missions Conference. This is the first evening session of Thursday the 28th of May 2009. And here are missionaries Ian and Marie Hutchins. So I was saved in 1984. And then in 1988 I started to backslide a bit. You know, I fell out of church. My wife was trying to encourage me to stay in. But being a coal miner, my mum and my dad and my brothers was all drinkers and they, they went to clubs and pubs and they played darts a lot and crown green bowls. And I took on the darts. So I started to play darts and uh, kept me away from church. And it's not a thing that I'm proud of, but I can see the Lord that was working in my life because... I got pretty good at darts. I, got, I could have gone up to number four in the world. I was on the stage. I was on Sky Sports and different things like that. But my wife was playing for the Christian home. And with me away playing darts and that, she did get a Christian home. We ended up splitting up for three months. And uh, it was during that time that the Lord worked on my heart that I needed to be back in church. But it was a blessed three months. I got peace from my wife, you know. But I... <laughs> I did go up and visit a lot. I visited the kids because those who know Marie, Marie can talk. But, uh, but I got to spend time with my mum and dad. And it was during that three months that my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And it was shortly after the three months that he passed away. Like So I got to th- spend three months with my dad. And my dad was a good man. He said, you need to get back with your wife and kids. And I says, I've already been thinking about it, Dad. I've been spending time in these hotel rooms on my own, picking up the Gideon's Bible, you know, trying to witness to people, but people thinking I'm no different to them because although I didn't swear and things like that, I was still acting the same as they was. And so it was at that stage in my life that I decided that I needed to be back in church. And I just sat there for, oh, a couple of years, and the Lord said, you're going a bit too comfortable. I rededicated my life. You're getting a bit too comfortable just sitting there. And uh, David Artwell come and took over the work for the Grits for 12 months. And uh, David Artwell is like a soul brother to me. You know, every time I hear his voice, it brings tears to my eyes. That's how close me and David were. And uh, he came and took over for 12 months. And my wife started... Uh, like a Sunday school, but it was on a Tuesday night in the Canuck area because we couldn't get all the kids over to Wolverhampton. We only had the one car. And we had kids knocking the door day after day. Can we come to Sunday school this week? And we was turning them away. So the wife asked the pastor, is it all right if we start a Sunday school in our living room? And yes, the pastor said that was okay. So we started a Sunday school. And we called it the Buddhist Club. Bet you do do it on Sundays. That's what the kids come up with, but they had to do it on a Tuesday. And anyway, uh, this youth started off with about 10 and we ended up with about 30 kids, too big for our house. So what we did, it was during the summer, our garden was big enough to house these kids. So we hosted these kids for nearly 12 months and then David and Wileen was going to go back to the States on Ferner. And they said, find a permanent building for these kids. Anyway, they've been in the States for about six months and the Whirlies had surrendered to go back to Ethiopia and they was with us on the one Sunday, the Whirlies, and they asked us for a tour of Canuck. 
and we went up past it's Kingsmead Baptist Church now but way back then it was just a seven-day Adventist and we were so excited it was up for sale so we got in touch with David David was excited and David arranged all the funds and things like that so we built bought Hilltop Baptist Church so Temple Baptist Church commissioned us out there was me my wife and the kids uh, the mother-in-law and there was about three other families that come from Temple and we started Hilltop Baptist Church and what a blessing that was but sadly David became really ill and he had to go back to the States and he said to me we've got to keep these doors out bearing in mind I hadn't even surrendered to preach at this time and he looked at me he says you're gonna to have to keep the doors open brother I says okay I'll keep the doors open until another pastor comes so I was the interim pastor of Hilltop Church for nearly 18 months nearly two years and then it was a man that come over and he took the work on there and it was at that time in the year 2000 that I decided to go and visit the art wells in the States because the pastor had took over so I decided to just go and see the art wells and we'd been there for uh, oh, two and a half weeks and then it came to the Sunday night and we was going to Temple Baptist Church in Marshfield the Gritsy's church and we was halfway down the drive we was going with the art wells daughter Rachel and she said my dad's preaching at Buffalo tonight we was up the drive and so I jumped out and Marie jumped out and we run down and David was just about to turn left but we stopped him we got in the van and we went to Buffalo and all through the service I got a bit emotional I thought it was because David was preaching I hadn't heard him for about four years and the Lord kept saying I want you to preach hey. I thought no I'm just getting emotional it's because David's preaching all through the service this burden come on my heart I started to get an headache and I never did anything at the end of the service the service finished and the auditorium everybody in the auditorium seemed to be up in this corner here even my wife and I was just standing back just admiring the auditorium and then David's dad come up to me and put me put his hand on my shoulder and he says you look like a preacher I thought well what does a preacher look like they all look different to me and I thought well if that's not God talking to me and I went home went to the art wells that night and we was in bed and my headache just got worse and worse all that night it was pounding so much that the wife was going to get and wake the art wells up and call for an ambulance that's how bad it was but I says no and I got down on my knees and prayed I says okay Lord you want me to preach so I says okay I'll surrender to preach and within 10 minutes my headache had gone and I was still on my knees and I, I thought Lord you've got to have your hand in this because I work nights I work nights in Cannock and the Bible College was at Nuneaton. The Bible College didn't finish till 10 o'clock, so there was no way I could get back to work in Cannock for 10 o'clock to start work. So I said, Lord, I'm going to have to give my job up. So I went into the boss. First words out the boss's mouth, he says, we can't let you go. I said, well, I'm just going to have to leave. And he says, well, there's no redundancies. And his name was Fred. We'd become good friends. And I said, Fred, the Lord's called me to preach and he says oh I said so I'm gonna to have to leave work he said well leave it with me for a couple of weeks a couple of three weeks just stay with us so I stayed with him and he come with a redundancy package it wasn't much so I took redundancy 
Bible college I was going to start in September, so I got three months. It wasn't a lot of redundancy, so I decided to look for a part-time job and go to college as well. The money started to dwindle. Come to the last week, we paid our bills and everything, and the camps was on. So Marie says, well, forget about the bills. Let's just go to camp and be a blessing to the kids. So we went to camp. We come back after the first week. And uh, lo and behold, there was a letter from the taxman on the doorstep. Well, in the hallway. It was a tax rebate. Wow. Just enough to pay the bills, to pay my tithe, my missions, and enough just to buy some food. Lo and behold, we had to go off to another camp the following week. And so we went, not worrying about the bills. Come back, lo and behold, letter on the mat again. The tax man had only paid me off in my rebate. So for another week, God had worked it out that he paid all my bills. Paid my tithe, he paid his own tithe. And enough for food and stuff like that. And then on that Monday, I got a part-time job. And that showed me that God's hand was in it. I think God was going to see what we was going to do when we was down to nothing. I had a good job. It was at Magneti Morelli. And this was back in around about 1992, three. And I was bringing home £500 a week. I took this part-time job, dropped down to £80 a week. No way is this money going to stretch. And do you know? That money went further than I did on £500 a week. We did more things than we'd ever done before. We went to Belgium and places like that, because uh, Bible College was starting over there. We went to different places all over the country. I never missed fellowships. And the Lord just provided the money. And that showed me that God's hands was in it. All because, and I'm not boasting now, but I was willing to do it. You know, we had a great missionary at one time, William Carey. He says, expect great things from God and then do great things. If you're not expecting them, then don't expect it to be done. And that's just what missions is all about and things like that. And anyway, so uh, I come back and I started to go to Bible college and lo and behold, me and Marie ended back up at Temple Baptist Church. And because we was at college, Pastor Gritz decided to take me on as a associate pastor and pay me a small wage. So with the part-time job and the small wage, it just made enough and made us a little bit more comfortable. And we stayed there up until last year. And uh, we'd worked hard in the church and uh, the Lord just decided up till last January, the year before last, that it was time that I moved on because Temple's got some good men. They got Paul there, they got Danny, and they got some men that can preach and do the associate pastor's job. And I was reaching 50 years old. I thought, Lord, you want me to start a work back in Canada? And uh, it was strange. We was praying about it for a couple of months. Marie's cousin went to visit her auntie, and Marie's cousin was searching. And uh, Marie's cousin turned up at the, her auntie's house, and Marie was there. And he says, you best come in and talk to Marie. And Marie led him to the Lord. And that was on Christmas Eve. And uh, he needed a church to go to. He wasn't going to come all the way over to Temple in Wolverhampton. 
So I looked at Bethany Baptist Church in Chadmore. They preached the gospel, they preached salvation, so I thought it was a good place. But it wasn't good enough for Derek. He says, you need to start a church up. So that was just pressing more on my heart that we needed a church in Canning. So uh, we talked a bit more and Derek got some of the family to come and uh, a few others and we decided to start church. So we uh, started church in early February and we had, uh, I think it was 15 that was coming on a regular basis. And then we organised as a church 12 months yesterday. The church has been going for 12 months now. People have just been a blessing to us. Still need to learn a few things. They're still baby Christians, even though it's been 12 months. And I know as Christians we need to grow all the time. But some things have happened. Some have fell by the way. But the Lord's blessed us with new people. And the work there in Canuck is going to continue. We, Marie's going to tell you about some of the ministries that are going to go on because Marie has a bigger part in them with me being a tent maker minister. I work full time at B&Q. I do 39 hours as well as run the church to help pay for the building and things like that. But uh, we had three kids saved in the summer and Marie tell you about the place where they were saved. And uh, they was going to be baptised. And one of the lads did something. And Mum and Dad says, right, you're not going to be baptised. So we turned up at Temple, the baptistry was full. Luckily we had two people to be baptised as well on that night. And uh, so it's been going on for about four or five months now, perhaps longer than that. And uh, Mum and Dad decided to come and help us with the youth. They just sell the tuck. They don't have any ministry because they wasn't saved. And uh, we got to speak to them. And lo and behold, they started to come to church which was a big milestone in their life and a big milestone in our life. And then uh, a week last Sunday, both of them accepted the Lord as Saviour. And uh, you know what new Christians are like? Uh, only been saved two weeks. They were supposed to go on holiday last Saturday. Lo and behold, they was in church on Sunday. They said, we're not going on holiday till we've been to church and we'll go straight after the service. And that was a blessing to me, just... You know, the Lord's just pressing upon our hearts. And there is a big need in Canuck. There's lots of things going on in Canuck. The ecumenical movement is getting really big. Bethany Baptist Church, where I told a few people to go to, because I was still in Canuck, go on things with, and they have to take two ministers from each faith. So I decided that, that was because that was one church that we were looking at to start and serving. We was going to go just be a part of the congregation and start serving because the minister runs two churches. And that didn't work out, so that's why we started our church. But anyway, the name's Kevin and Dawn, and they got saved a fortnight ago. So now, on June the 14th, the whole family is going to be baptised. So God had his hand in it, that's why the kids wasn't baptised last year. Now the whole family is going to be baptised. And, you know, it's such a blessing to have a full family in your church within 12 months. And uh, I've known Kevin since school. He was in my class at school. And when Kevin's committed to something, he's committed. So I can see God, although he's my age, can still do great things in his life. So I want you to pray for Kevin. His name's Kevin Molyneux and his wife's name's Dawn. And they're just going to be a real blessing to our church, especially with the Ministry of the Youth as well. Uh, but this is a big need in Canuck. They've just opened within the last two years 
a big temple for the Mormons, which cost millions of pounds, and uh, lots of people are going to it, you wouldn't believe. It's growing by the day. Uh, and like I say, the sad thing is all these denominations. And do you know what the saddest thing is? Things can go down all quite quickly. I remember in the 60s when I was a young lad, the Wesleyan churches, there used to be 21 on the one road, the Cannock Road in Cannock. And that went all through Chadsmore, all the way up to Ensford, to Tackerin. And there was 21 Wesleyan churches on that one road. Within 60 years, there was only one left. There used to be marches of six and 7,000 people. And they preached, preached the gospel. You ask a lot of the old ones now about accepting the Lord, and they say they did that years ago. I give my heart to the Lord years ago. It's just that they've been out of church so long. But the blessing is, because I'm from Cannock, I can go and knock on doors because I know people. And they treat me like family, because my mum and dad, everybody in Cannock called my mum and dad, Ma and Pa. Our door was always open. So people's doors are always open for us to go and knock. There is a need in Cannock. We have got a vision. We work with a, a mission that Marie's going to tell you about. But our goal is in the next year to get at least 200 teenagers. And I think, wow, expect great things from God. If you do it, then God will do it for you. So I know we're going to have 200 kids within the next two years. Because I see the peer pressure that's on kids in our area turning to drugs and alcohol and different other things. But if we could get this group together, they could all lean on each other. And even kids with problems can start leaning on them. It's not that I'm just going to be a youth minister, because I'm not. I want to get into things like Naden House, and there's a home just up from where we are. We've established for 12 months now, so they know that we're there. So now I want to try and get into those places. There is a chance that I can get into the home up, just up the road. Lots of families in the Canuck area have got elderly, elderly parents in there. And if I can get in there at least once a month, they'll be hearing the gospel as well. You know? So that's another mission that I want to, another part of my ministry that I want to take on. And Naden House was uh, like an housing complex where Marie's mum used to live. And we have a lady that got saved about six months ago from there. She was Marie's mum's best friend. And she wanted to be where Eva was. And what a testimony that was. She just wanted to see Eva again. And she knew that she wouldn't unless she was saved. You know, so Barbara is in Naden House. We do a little bit of visiting there, but we need to start and visit on a regular basis now. And it is hard when you get all these ministries, especially when you've got a full-time job. That's why it's important that you support missionaries abroad, and even in your own towns. You know, the gospel needs to be preached everywhere. I'd like to ask my wife to come at this time uh, and tell you about some of these ministries and you'll understand more where we're coming from because Marie plays a big part in these ministries. She's my backup. She's my, the one that I lean on a lot. <laughs> I take care of him. Yeah. I'm his carer. <laughs> they won't pay me any money for caring for him, but I'm his carer. <laughs> um, Okay, testimony. My testimony is very much like his. My dad was a minor, um, and I grew up on an estate, council estate, very much like this one here, very much. Even the houses are identical. 
to the houses that we grew up in. And I was, and he was, we were street kids. Now, now fair enough, the, the connotation of street kids changed slightly because, you know, we're old and decrepit now and, you know, street kids then meant scrumping, <laughs> not doing anything wild. But I was a street kid. I was out there, I used to hang around on street corners, I was up a tree scrumping, edge crawling. I could edge crawl like you could not believe. Do you know what edge crawling is? Oh, you haven't lived. <laughs> edge crawling is you have to find somebody who does their privet edge really neat and so that it's really boxy. And then you, you, you wear something like jeans because it scratches and you dive in it and you swim through it. But you have to do it really, really quick, otherwise you fall down the middle. <laughs> But I could go through a 16-foot edge all the way through without falling. I was the best at it. <laughs> and I was a bit of a tom lad. And we, just, we were just out there, kids on the street. We were married at 16 years old because we weren't saved then. We had no guidance like the, the church should give kids. And I was pregnant at 15, had a baby at 15. Our baby is now... How old is she now? 33. 33. I'm feeling very sorry for herself because she fell asleep on a lilo yesterday and burned herself. Oh no, day before. So she's blistered. Our baby's blistered. And we were the least that you'd think, we were the, the what am I trying to say, the least likely that you would think that God would call into ministry. I had a baby at 15. We had two by the time we were 18. I got I was 16 on the Tuesday and got married on the Saturday. He was just... She's 17. He was just 17. He had air then. He had a waistline as well. <laughs> well, mind you, so did I. <laughs> and if, if somebody had told me then that God was going to call him into the ministry and I was going to go, yay, <laughs> I wouldn't have believed them. And when I see kids today, and I, I don't believe that God meant for me have to have a baby at 15 but I did but I believe God used that in me and used what we've been through and used all the trials and tribulations because when I see teenagers now I never see a bad kid I don't care who they are I don't care how much bad language they use I don't care if they're taking drugs I don't care if they've got a gun in their hand I'd duck if they had a gun in their hand but I don't see bad kids I see bad circumstances, poor teaching maybe, bad breaks. I see angry kids. I see kids who've got stuff piled on them these days that we couldn't have dreamed of when we were 15, 16. And my heart is for those kids. And I believe that God's about to do something fantastic in this country. And when he does, he's going to use the youth of this country. And about a year ago now, March last year, I got a part-time job at the Bible College in Cannock. And um, Pastor Gritz is my boss. <laughs> I love to wind him up. <laughs> and um, Dan Brown, a guy called Dan Brown came. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of it, Lift Student Ministries in the States. And he came over with Dale Peterson, and he was trying to get, lift student ministries off the ground in this country and it's a summer camp but it's not to replace the church summer camps it's not that kind of a summer camp it's a 
and as well kind of a summer camp. It's a summer camp that hopefully will feed the church summer camps. And it's for kids who never go to church, don't want to go to church, don't listen, not no interested in church, are not likely to go to a church summer camp because they don't hang around with kids who go to church. And it's to reach those kids. And Dan was on the point of giving up and going back to the States and saying, okay, it's not gonna work here. And Barry Dunmire said, have a word with the cook. And he said, why should I have a word with the cook? And he says, just talk to the cook. And me being me, I'm, I sort of like, somebody gives me an idea and I think, if they mention kids, I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think, oh, I don't care about the logistics, I'll just do it. And so he said, okay, this is what I propose. I will provide the money, I will provide the team, we, we were got, we, last year we used the White House, we've got the venue, can you get me the kids? And I didn't know at the time, but everybody else he'd asked had said, mm, it's not going to work, no, it's not going to work, and, you know. And I just said, how many kids do you want? And he said, well, how about 20? Now he's thinking 20 is a lot. And I'm thinking, no, no, 20 is not enough, I can think of 20 kids off the top of my head. So I went, how about 45? 20 is not enough. And he says, are you sure you can get these kids? And I, and I just said, you watch me. And, for, and I'm not bragging on this because God did this. God did this. I went, I asked everybody. I was a, just a nuisance. If they got a teenager that was like a fourth cousin twice removed to their dustman, I was asking them if this kid wanted to come to camp. And I went round, got all these kids to come to this camp. And Dan Brown, he was in the States thinking, okay, I've got the money, I've got the team, we're coming to the States. Is she really going to turn up with these kids? And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I've got these kids. Is he really going to turn up with this team? <laughs> so until the night it actually happened, we weren't sure it was going to happen. And he arrived with his team. And even on the night before... He was still like, oh, I really need to see these kids. I've got kids down on paper, but are they really going to turn up? And when people say to you in this country, kids in this country don't want the gospel, kids' parents in this country don't want the gospel, if you tell them it's got anything to do with the Bible, they'll clam up. But also, no, don't mention it to them. Every door I knocked on, I had men answering doors in shorts with their bellies hanging out, covered in tattoos with a can of beer in their hand, and I'm going, have you got any teenagers? Would they like to come to our church summer camp? And they were going, Ryan, <laughs> do you want to go to their church summer camp? Ryan had come to the door, what's it about? So I'd tell him what we got. Well, yeah, I'll go to that. How much is it going to cost? Nothing, it's free. What's the catch? Nothing, there's no catch. Give them the letter, give them the form, read it. And I says, but we are going to teach them about Jesus and we are going to read the Bible and we are going to have services and we are going to sing. And he went, well, my kid needs that. <laughs> he didn't, but his kid did. <laughs> so Ryan's like, okay, I'll go. Well, Ryan did come and Ryan got saved. And everyone, everyone that we went to, that was the reaction. Yeah, my kid can go, my kid can go, my kid can go. So don't let anybody ever tell you that people in this country go, if you mention the Bible. They don't. They don't do it. You just go and tell them. And if you get a bad reaction once in a hundred times, well, you know, there you go. Ninety-nine of them didn't give you the bad reaction. So we had this camp. They came over. The first night we were there, 
Dan said, I want to go and meet these kids, I want to go and meet these kids. He was excited. So I took him out to some of these kids, the ones closest to. We knocked on the first door and it was Ryan's. And Ryan came rushing down the path, threw himself at Dan Brown, never met the man before. This kid's 15 years old, super cool kid. It's a street crayon, mile wide. And his suitcase was standing in the hall and he was packed and ready to go. I've never seen a kid more excited. Dan Brown just stood and cried. Because these kids want the gospel. They want it because it's what they're, they're starving for it. So the next one we went to, Jade, our next door neighbour, she was the same. Oh, good, come up in the morning, good, come up in the morning. She's got a suitcase there. Jade got saved. Jade now teaches Sunday school in our church. And God has just, it's like we've just sat back and watched God do some amazing things yeah. this last year. And God's really, really reaching out to these kids. This year, he, we're doing it again. We, we're doing it again. We've already got 27 kids. The wonderful thing is this year, we've got in our church, a lady who works for the NHS is a manager. She hires and fires consultants. So when she speaks, people listen. And her daughter's a social worker. And you know when you hear all this rubbish about, oh, you can't do that because it's PC, you'll offend this person and this person, you can't mention it. We've got, a, a, I don't know if you've ever heard of something called um, HealthNet. It's a sort of a social work health thing to help families who are suffering, who are struggling financially or because of health. Maybe there's a child carer in the family and it, it's to help families who are having a hard time. They are referring kids to our camp. This is social services and the NHS are saying, what have you got to offer our kids? Well, first of all, we give them this. That's the first thing we say. We give them the Bible. We give them Jesus. We give them, we pray. We talk about the Bible. We talk about being a Christian. And we give them a good time. We give them love. We give them encouragement. We give them a safe environment. And we do all the other things that you've got to do where you've got to be checked and have all your bits of paper in place. The first thing we mention is that we give them this. And they've said, great, great, that's what we want. That is what we want. We want to send our, the kids that we've got that are struggling because they recognise that these kids need love and need encouragement. And they don't know that Jesus can do it, but they think the Christian environment can do it. And that's okay. They don't need to know that it's Jesus that does it. If they'll send us the kids, we'll do the rest. So we've already got 21 kids. I haven't even started yet. I'm just, I'm just warming up now to it. But we've got... I know I'm talking a lot. But <laughs> this is my heart. This is where my heart is, is, is to work with these kids. We came back from last year's camp and Karen, who is the lady who works in the NHS, works full-time, sometimes works till 7, 8 o'clock in the evening. She stood in church on Sunday and she went, God knows I'm not going to enjoy saying this. She says, but God wants me to work with youth. And then she went, I don't believe I just said that. I don't believe the words just came out of my mouth. <laughs> and I says, okay, great. I'm glad because I've been praying about it too. We need to start a youth club. So we it to the pastor and the pastor said okay off you go enjoy <laughs> he does come and we started a youth club and we've now got 
20, 23 kids on the register for this youth club. And we opened it thinking, we'll, we'll just have the kids we have in Sunday school, the ones we took. And we opened the gates, and there they were, just all standing in the queue. Word got round we were having a youth club, and there they were. And we had half term, and we decided, oh, we'll open in half term, we won't have the week off. And we had seven kids turn up. Now, you might not think seven kids is many, but most of them had gone on holiday. The youth leaders had gone on holiday. Kevin Dawn had gone on holiday, so there's three kids missing. And these kids came anyway. And they said, we weren't sure it was on, but we wanted to come, so we've come anyway. And parents are bringing their kids to us. And these aren't kids are coming. They don't come to church. None of them come to church. Their parents don't come to church. But they know it's a Christian youth club and they want their kids to come. Because as far as they're concerned, to them, and this is the feedback we've had, it means they know they're going to get loved and they're going to get encouraged and they're going to get taken Amen. care of. Amen. And if... Don't be scared to go out there and reach these kids. We sat in the car out here. There was a bunch of teenagers went past. There was some other kids. I was dying to go out the car and give them the... If I'd have had some leaflets for lift, I'd have been out. I'd have been pouching your kids off, yeah? If you know any kids that want to come to this camp, but they won't come to church, then you go and touch me. If they'll come to church and go to church camp, great. It's not, any, it's not to overtake church camp. Lift is an instead of. But if you can say, okay, don't come to church, but I know somewhere you will enjoy going. You send them to me and, I'll, and then I'll send them back to you. And hopefully we'll send them back saved. But we took, thir we took 60 kids 66. last year and 34 got saved. They were going up the front. It just, we had kids who, who, when they come, they were so hard. They were like nails. We had them for three days. And God just, that's not us. We can't do that. God can. And God did. Amen. And it was amazing what he did. And just to watch these kids, just, just the barriers just broke down. And it's great now to walk around the, our streets and they'll, you know, we'll say, all right, mate, all right, mate. And, you know, I've got, they call us the God Squad. <laughs> I'm thinking of buying a big minibus and having it put down the side with flames coming out the back. <laughs> but maybe not. <laughs> maybe not the flames, eh? <laughs> Little angels' wings, perhaps. But... But pray for a guy, I'm going to show up after this. I've got a guy called Carl, he's 16, he's got learning disabilities and a speech impediment, um, which hold him back a little bit. He's this big and this wide. And when he speaks, he, he doesn't need a microphone, he can really project it. And the kid never shuts up, talks. You have to go, Carl, shh, for a minute, just give me a minute. And then he's like, it's, it's me and him fight for the, the time. But he's been, he's got a really, really difficult home life. And he was being physically abused. And he has been most of his life. And his mother has kicked him out. And mom rules the house, unfortunately. Dad didn't want him kicked out, but mom's said, no, you're 16 now, out you go. Spend for yourself. He's living on his grandparents' living room floor. No, his grandmother's yeah. living room floor. She's 83 and has got a one-bedroom bungalow. And he's, living, he's sleeping on a blow-up bed. And he was promised a place by social services, but for whatever, something happened and that's fell through. Probably somebody with a greater need came because he's got a roof over his head. And we're praying, seriously, seriously praying. Um, we've spoken to his social worker and we're seriously praying about having him come and live with us. Because 
nobody wants the kid and he's got he can't cope on his own he's got learning disabilities he's not he's not mentally handicapped if you see the difference he's got he just couldn't cope on his own he wouldn't be able to pay his own bills he, he won't handle his money properly people will rip him off he's just not ready yet maybe three or four years time he'll be able to go out and face the world on his own but pray for us that we make the right decision because if it's not what God wants. We don't want to wreck this kid's life. But if it's what God wants us to do, then we want to do it. And, you know, please pray for him because he'll have two people in the house that are like this. <laughs> and the dog. <laughs> so pray for that, but also pray for our youth club. We, you know, we cover your prayers. And I know you've got youth ministries here, and we pray for you too. But pray that we'll be brave enough to go out and reach the kids of our areas because they're vital. The old folks are vital too, but the kids are the future of our church and we need to bring them in. And we can't reach them until we can get them in. And if we can't get them through the doors, then we need to go out there and tell them. Come, I'll shut up preaching now. And just to finish on that note, when these teens come in your church, it is hard. You're probably Adam Brunner. For the first two months, I couldn't keep them quiet. I was preaching and they was talking above me. But uh, within... Within about eight weeks, they knew how to sit in church, and you, you wouldn't believe them now. They're such a blessing. You have to spend time. If you take a ministry on, you've got to take time and do it. Don't give up at the first hurdle. I could have just, when them teens was in my church on that Sunday, the next Sunday I could have just give it all up. But God's called me to preach. And I've got to do it because God's called me. He's not going to bless my life if I don't. I've been through that time without God and I don't want to be without it no more. Within a matter of months, these kids, not perfect in church, but they're quiet when things are going on. Except for Carl. He can't help it. If someone comes in his head, he's got to say it. But he whispers it now. He doesn't shout it. You know? But it's a blessing. And that's what ministries are all about. Just thinking of missionaries that are trying to reach people. The best way to get to parents is through the kids. Because then when you've got someone special coming on at church, the parents will come and see them. It's just amazing. And we've had parents come and stand at the back, drop them off, and then we've had a couple that have just stood at the back all the way through the service. They've just stayed for some reason. And it's, it's just a blessing. I want you to pray for our ministry, pray for Marie's ministry within our ministry. I do go to these things, but... I just can't go and knock doors in the day because I'm at work. And when I come up at night, I've got to study, prepare for youth clubs and different things like that, and to visit the old people. You know, it is a busy ministry, and I, but I wouldn't give it up. You know? So, yeah. So, our ministry has only been going. <laughs> our ministry is only a baby ministry. But it's such a blessing to me. I could have stayed at Temple and been comfortable for the rest of my life as associate pastor. It's a great work that is. I'm not knocking associate pastors, but there are times when God's calling you to get out of your comfort zone. And it's been with people that you might not like. You know? Pray for our ministry. And thank you for your support. You're a blessing to me. And your pastor and his wife have been over the years. So thank you very much for this time. Thank you.